Okay, good evening. Why does it look so cold? There's heat in here. I grew up in Miami Beach. I'm a, can't tell, you know, the color. Um, we should warm ourselves up with Torah and Moser. I, I love this Sefer. I really do. This is such an, un, I mean, just even looking at it in front of me excites me because a Sefer like this, I, you know, I was, I was meeting yesterday with someone for lunch. What? Hold one up. Ms. Silsa, we're talking about the Hebrew or the English? This one. It'll be here after the class also. Yeah, it'll be here after, I promise. It's not okay. So, I was having lunch with someone yesterday, and you know, someone like Torah, like, you can live, as a Jewish person, a life and never think about life. You can live a life and never think about life. You can live a life and never think about yourself. You can never think, actually, I spoke this past Shabbos about biasness, about how uh, the Nagias could block us from seeing what we could see. Really, Masil Shasharam gives us a tremendous or a tremendous light, a tremendous clarity, what's important to life, how to think in life, how to be better in life, how to take advantage of life, how to make the most of life. So, you know, as we, as we come back to this, we, I, one should appreciate, you know, one gains from, one gleans from, in Shiva, we say one steigs, means one grows from things that we appreciate, from things that we, we, we value. This is a very valuable safer. It, the lessons are valuable. And the reason I'm saying this is A, this is recorded. I actually have multiple people commenting on the recordings. But B, you can buy the safer, you can review it. Like the author himself says, the more you review the, ta- the, the content in this, the better you'll be. So we're going to pick up. Since Ms. Miriam Shekha is not here, so I don't know the place. Uh, we left off, we'll go, actually, we'll just jump a, a little bit back. Um, we are in Perak Bays. We had started Zahiris, which is vigilance. And the author, Ramchal, was saying that a person has to contemplate, cogitate, think about life, what's important in life. The only way a person could be successful. And life is by looking around and thinking about how things apply to him and being, being careful from things that cause a person to go down. There are people that cause us to go down. There are events that trigger us. There are atmospheres. I, you know, I go, actually, I go to Miami. There were people who should never have come to Miami. They would go to Miami and their garb would change. <laughs> Their atmosphere would change. The same person who was stiff all of a sudden was, you know, the cucaracha in South Florida, and then not for the good. Religiously, they would go down. Right? So if you know that you go to a place and you go down, don't go there. <laughs> and some people, certain things motivate them. They excite them. You know, I always say the soul is spiritual oxygen. Come here. Right? It's important. But in life, there are people we deal with. There are emotions. Some people, they stay up late at night. Really bad for them. And have sleep, they get edgy, get tired, they get depressed. So they'll say, I like, they, they're very, they accomplish a tremendous amount. Their best Torah study, their best work regimen is at night when it's quiet. You gotta know yourself. And you have to be cognizant to look around what's important in life and what works for you. What, 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 what we can be successful. And therefore, we'll know what to stay away from and what to get closer to. Says the Ramchal, 
The person who walks in this world without his bonus, without thinking about life, without pondering life, without analyzing their own lives. And this is where I'm just going to go back to the paragraph before he finished. Imtova darkora, and they look over their lives. Is their path good or bad, or or individual ways of life positive or negative? They are like a blind person walking on the banks of a dangerous river. If you're blind, you're walking in a dangerous river, you can make terrible decisions in life, consequential decisions in life. You could marry the wrong person, you can move to the wrong place, you could uh, study the wrong yeshiva, you could hang out with the wrong people, you could take the wrong lifestyle, you could invest in the wrong business, you can do a million things that can be detrimental. Because you're not being honest, you're not thinking, you're thinking, what could be? And in our day lives, our marriages can hurt, our parenting can hurt, right? our happiness can hurt, our success can be damaged. Right? And the, 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 the consequences of not really thinking about it, pondering it, it's like you're blind. You go through life and you're, 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 you're rolling with the punches. <laughs> Never thinking what really works for you, what doesn't work for you. What brings a person what they're supposed to be doing and are not doing a person. And there are also kroivo matalaso. And a person who goes through life blind never thinking about what life's about and never thinking of how they could be successful in life, they're, 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 they're more possibly could end up in a bad place than in a good place. Right? <laughs> Truly the lack of zihiris due to natural blindness, not to looking over oneself. Or willful blindness. There are people who don't want to know the truth. They want to live in la-la land. Don't tell me this. Don't, you know, you, when I was younger, in America, you see it much less. Like people would smoke. You ever go to a smoker in those days? Like today, it's much less common. Although it's still 20% of the population. It's even much higher. Don't smoke. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. You tell people you're going to destroy your kids by parenting that way. They don't want to hear it. You tell a person that's not how you get married... Don't want to hear. It. That's not how you stay married. That's not. You know, well, right? They don't want to hear. It. What they don't want? Be because oh, uh, so so there's. We'll we'll get to that. But the the short answer, the reason people don't want it, because it demands change. It demands change, right? It's like me going over to a person and talking in Israel, an Israeli talking about keeping Shabbat. They don't want to hear it. I'm Someone who's not religious. I can prove it to you. Don't tell me. They don't want to hear it. Right? They don't want it. Why don't you want to hear it? What are you scared of? Right? Because you'd have to change yourself. Right? So as you tell somebody, hey, this is not how you raise your kids. So first of all, it's emotional. There's an emotional reaction. But second of all, it means that you have to change your methodologies. And you, the person's emotionally invested. I once said this much. I don't know if you, anyone's here has heard it. I said it over to a few people. I don't think I ever said it in um, in a drusha. I know that I said it in a shir on Shabbos afternoon several years ago. I said, imagine the following case. This is not true. Just imagine the following case. You have a boy who's 13 years old. 13-year-old boy. He decides he wants to be a doctor. He wants to be a doctor. 
And in high school, while his friends are running around and playing games, he has a dream to be a doctor. And he's, he's more studious. He takes class seriously. He takes AP chemistry. takes AP biology. He gets into a great university. goes to uh, a Cornell or Yale, right? And, he, and for four years of college, you know what to take his organic chemistry in college? In a, in a good university, it's really hard. Takes organic chemistry, oppress, pushes himself, gets involved in it, right? And really pushes themselves. Then they get into the great medical school, a really great school, like Penn. Gets into Penn, right? I went to Penn, by the way. So, you know. right, so gets into Penn. Right, gets into Penn. Penn happens to be it's a top university. It's a great medical school. You know what medical school's like? Medical school, four years of day and night work, having rotations, stay up all night long, pushing oneself. Then he goes ahead and has three years of residency, which means you, have to, you get paid $40,000 a year to be a doctor and you get, don't get the money. You, stay up, you, get the, you get the grunt work of all the hospital work and you're a resident. And then he gets a fellowship. Right? A fellowship. And he becomes uh, a surgeon. He becomes a surgeon. Now imagine the following thing. Okay, he's now spent from age 13, he's done with his fellowship, he's 31 years old. Okay, it's 18 years to get to that point. And now he's 31 years old, he gets to medical practice, this is before, the, 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 you know, making a million dollars a year. He went into hundreds of dollars of debt, he's now going to make a million dollars a year as a surgeon. Okay, he's now, a year later, when he's 30, 32 years old, somebody says, you know, Brian, you know your last name is Cohen. You're Jewish. Why don't you come to a Jewish lecture? Why don't you come to a Jewish lecture? So Brian Cohen goes to this Jewish lecture. Now what would happen if Brian Cohen goes to this Jewish lecture and they tell him at this lecture, and by the way, being a doctor is forbidden by the Torah. Absolutely awesome. In the lecture. And, and I'll prove it to you. I'll show you and I'll prove it to you. Being a doctor is forbidden. Now, it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to heal people. It's good to be a doctor. I have uncles, cousins, relatives are doctors. But imagine Brian Cohen hears being a doctor is forbidden to her. Who thinks Brian Cohen can hear that message? Anyone? He's going to run out of there so fast. He will. And, and let's say they, I can prove it to you. Could Brian Cohen hear the message? No way. You know why? He's so emotionally invested in this. Even if it was true. Even if you could prove it to you, Karen. So now take a person who's intermarried. Go tell them, give up your wife. <laughs> They're emotionally invested. You're a person who has a business on Shabbos. They're making, I make my most money on Shabbos. Right? They're emotionally invested. So you know why they don't want to hear it? It's an emotional investment. So some people are emotionally invested, but they're right in their marriage. Or they're right about Judaism. Or they're right about parenting. Or they're right about business. Right? When you're emotionally invested, it's very hard. You only could be fix yourself in such a case if, if you're honest with yourself and you're looking over your own life and saying, oh, how can I be better? Now, if you're a person who's open to, open to yourself, you'll be open to others as well. But if you're not open to yourself, especially some things we don't care about, but when it's, when it's deeply, a person's deeply invested like Brian Cohen is, when he, when he lived his life that way, so when a person's married to the wrong person or they've raised their kids a certain way and their kids don't come out so well, you tell them that they're raising their kids wrong. You'll see how they behave. They're going to get upset. No, I know best. You know, I remember I once heard, I mean, Miller, Saul Miller was here years ago. He said the following story. He said he knows somebody. 
who put their kid in a public school. The kid went off the derech. Put a second kid in a public school, went off the derech. And he knew it, but the, he couldn't hear that he, he'd done anything wrong. And he was put his third kid in the public school. Even though he knew the first two kids went off because of what he did. Right? You can't, you can't, these people don't want to hear anymore. So let's, we're not going to such an extreme case. You asked the question, that's really the short answer. We'll get more into it. The reality is, is, is there are major things that blindside us, right? So it could be that being a doctor is okay, but certain lifestyles, we may have been doing since we were 13 and now we're 32, are just as bad, right? They, and we're emotionally involved in that lifestyle, right? You know, I, I, I've had conversations with people on drugs and they speak to them and they, they just, they, they, they may know it, but they don't want to hear it. And they ruin their lives, they ruin their families' lives. Right? They destroy themselves in the process. Right? There are so many things like that. I ha- you talk to people on iPhones. They play with it all day. I mean, it's unbelievable how, how people could waste their lives, <laughs> waste their, their pro- productivity on the phone. There's a lot of good things that come from it. Now, I don't have one, which is why I can... Uh, I can but, but at the end of the day, there's good things that come from that. But you know how, how much waste of time people do? So you tell a person who doesn't want to hear it, don't waste your time on the phone. They don't hear it, and if they do hear it, they get annoyed, and if they don't hear it, they just ignore you. So how is a person going to balance their own personal lives? By looking into themselves, saying how I could be successful, and then we'll be open to other people's. But a person who's blind, either because they're blind or because they're willfully blind, they close their eyes to listening, they close their eyes to hearing the truth, Either way, the, the danger of failing, and the failing doesn't mean all areas of life, it could be one area of life. The greatest failure in life is a spiritual failure. <laughs> the greatest failure is for a person after 120 years. Hashem's going to look at you and say, what did you do with your life? Look at all the potential you had. Look at all the opportunities you had. And because a person was either blind, whether willfully, or not thinking to make those kind of errors. Those kind of errors, that's the greatest danger. But there's other kinds of dangers. And many of the dangers, by the way, if a person's parnasa doesn't go well because they're blind, a person's marriage doesn't go well if they're blind, a person's child, it can affect their spirituality very greatly. All those areas, you can become depressed, you can become angry, you can become bitter, right? You could... I'll tell you there are people who don't take, take medical help because they refuse to get help. I just had a case recently. Which case was this? Oh, yes. <laughs> I guess. Yes, yes. Somebody I interact with. Somebody I interact with. Uh, a relative. This is not a person from here. But I interact with them. So this person has mental health issues, serious mental health issues. Um... And the person does not taking their medication, and is not seeing their therapist, right? So, and they will, and they're doing terrible things because of that. Um, so, I, spoke, I was speaking to the relative, like how to get them into theory. But you know, if there are people I know that need physical help, they, they're not well, and they don't go to a doctor. You get sick. You give up your life. You hurt yourself. People who have emotional problems, and they can be made completely better or are controlled. But they don't take care of it. Right? Those things in life, you don't take care of yourself, the damage could be tremendous. Could ruin your family, could ruin yourself. Right? 
So a person has to be open. Has to, I mean, I, I know somebody told me one of their relatives was once um, abused, to say the least, and never sought help, never got married. Because they never talked. My, my mother-in-law, by the way. Never healed. They never healed. My mother-in-law is a, is a professor of social work. And she will tell you that if you, a person was physically abused, sexually abused, uh, emotionally abused, and you don't come to grips with it, it will affect the rest of your life. <laughs> you will never heal. And if a person doesn't take the effort to heal, it could impact the rest of their lives. It could impact them religiously. It could impact their marriages. It could impact them as parents. You know, that they walk around with anger because an authority person did it, or their parent wasn't nice to them. Now, I don't think everyone needs a therapist, but they need to be able to heal. So if you haven't healed, you've got to see a therapist. You know, are, you need to... So, but why doesn't a person do that? Are they crazy? You know, they're blind. Sometimes they're blind and they need healing because they don't, they don't know themselves well enough. Sometimes they're willfully blind. They don't want to deal with the pain. They don't want to deal with the trauma. I, you know, I'm going to be speaking next Sunday um, at the Silicon Valley Holocaust Association. That's on the 70 years of the Nuremberg Laws. And actually, we're talking about, I'm going to give the history of the Nuremberg Law, uh, not Nuremberg Laws, the Nuremberg Trials, and, the, and, and about idea of punishing Nazis. But you know what? I like this. I, the second time I'm speaking of this year, I think it's great. If you're a Holocaust survivor, you, have, you work with other survivors. You, you, these people went through, tra- I'm, all four of my grandparents were survivors. You went through trauma like that. You better deal with it. You know? You better deal with it. My, you know, my mother-in-law, I remember she, I once, Nebuch, my father-in-law, Abbas Memory was, was one of the heads of Hatzal in New York for decades. So I remember there was a case. There was a case where uh, a little two-year-old boy, this is extraordinarily crazy, extraordinarily rare, they were in the country in the Catskills in New York. Two-year-old religious kid was taken by a bear and mauled. Mauled. And Hatzal, guys, there was a team of people went there and they saw this two-year-old kid mauled by the bear. So... She said she had a she had a, a detox with them. She she conducted us a group therapy for them. So I asked my mother. I said, "Come on, you're not Salah. These guys see everything. Like, why do you have to have a group therapy for a bunch of hot Salah guys?" So she said, "What do you mean? If you see that, it affects you. You can't just walk on in life. Even if you've seen tragedies, you need to be able to to ex- articulate and get it out of your system." So what happens when a person doesn't do that? It will affect them. So there are people who are blind to that, and it will, and they'll carry it their whole lives. You know, you hear these stories: people who, who abuse them in the mikvahs, or in this, or in shoals, or in, or parents, or teachers, or people who beat them, or people who cause them emotional pain, and they walk around with their whole lives, and they never heal. I remember all the time the stories. All I can tell is I've dealt with it. I, and, I, and I say to them, you better take care of it. <laughs> you can't heal, you won't be the same. There pe- so this person never got married. Never got married. Whose fault is that they didn't get married? Is the fault of the, the person who abused them 40 years ago the p- fault of this person who didn't have a choice about that but had a choice to heal themselves and didn't? Right? Whose fault is that? They're going to blame someone from 40 years ago that they won't even deal with it? Right? And I, I, I haven't heard this, I haven't been involved in this for several years. But, you know, there are realities in life. And if you're blind to those realities, whether willfully, whether unintentionally, whether you cannot deal with it, you'll pay the price. That's what the Mr. Sosner is saying. He's talking about a spiritual level. 
<laughs> on a spiritual level, I'm just talking about even on a practical level because the reality that as a rov that I deal with is that if a person's business, marriage, childbearing, or getting married, or having children, or are, are lacking, so some people rise to the occasion they become more spiritual and they work on more Hashem, and many people break. And if they're not broken, they're they don't function as well. They're not as positive, passionate, productive. What Hashem wants us to be in this world. Life is fantastic. Why wouldn't you want it? Life is short. Play hard. You don't think life is short? Play hard. They don't, they don't say that in the girls' schools, right? Uh, you gotta, you, you want So you got to. You got. We have to. You can't be blind over here. The Yirmiyahu and the Prophet Jeremiah, of course, Yirmiyahu is, is a generation of the Chorban Habais, the destruction of the first base Hamikdash. Yirmiyahu, all in all, is the book of Yirmiyahu. Everybody, where else did Yirmiyahu write? What other book? Which book? Anyone, what book is Yirmiyahu write? Book of Yirmiyahu. What? Echa. Thank you. Yes, yeah, the book of Echa. He was there by the Chorban Habais. So I know Yirmiyahu is I now arrived in Edoro. He was crying about his generation. Now Yosem Niguim Benega Hamida Hazos that they were they were they were they were plagued with the lack of zehiris of what looking over. Actually, I did not do this on purpose. Of course, my drush of the Shabbos was about biasness. How biasness blinds and about Eliezer. Some people were not here on vacation, but that's okay. I mean, whatever people were. But at the end of the day, that's why I spoke of it. Yirmiyahu is looking. Is benegam? Is there people who, are, who, are, who who lacked watchfulness to look over their lives at the objective truths of life, of the realities of the, the of the greatness of Torah, of the importance of Torah, of living life of Torah mitzvahs, of realities of health, <laughs> of realities of taking care of their jobs, of taking care of their physical bodies as well. Certainly, he was focusing on the spiritual and people. Now they looked over, but they were blind. They were blind to the terrors that were going to lead to the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. <laughs> the prophets came. You know, I mentioned they're Brian Cohen's. Yermio comes. Do tshuva. They laugh. They scorn. It's like they're telling Brian. You know, it, it, because they were so emotionally invested in their sinful lifestyles, they didn't want to hear it differently. Could you imagine? I told you, I have. I always have this dream. I'll go on, on record. I'll walk by Sinai. And say, Rabbi Yisai, you're being lied to. Leave this now. Your kids are going to intermarry. You're going to get lost. This is not the truth. I, I, like, I walked by there every Shabbos for years, by the way. My house was right there. I, I was always tempted to do it. Now, I wouldn't do that because it would be crazy for me to do that. They wouldn't hear me. Like, you know. But let's say somebody would be crazy enough to do it. Could any, could it right? Let's say I take people one-on-one, which I have. I've, I, you know... I have had sit-downs with some of those people and people in other uh, temples and people who are... And the truth is, it's better that they're there than nowhere, to be honest. I mean, they have some connection. Uh, I'm not advocating that. But not uh, well, It's a, a large discussion. Because it, 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 I wouldn't, it, it's a large... It's not simple at all. But you're right. It basically blinds them and invests them in a wrong system. You know, the best thing for Israel is that those movements have not gone there. Baruch Hashem, thankfully. And they should never go there. Um, but in America, it's not so simple. If they're here, they have nothing to get them to come back. Um, but the point is, is I, can, you could, I can sit down with them and tell them, like, listen, you know, what are you doing to yourself? What's life about? Or you want your kids to marry Jewish? Do you know the statistics 
if your kids marry Jewish when you don't keep Shabbos or kosher and nothing, what are you doing? And you can you can have a, a, a logical argument. They cannot they cannot accept it. I'm not saying never. Huh. I've I've I, 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 there are many people. So who, but, a lot of them don't even care about that. That's not even important. I'm telling you who care, who have some care, but whatever it is. But all of us have this. If we're willfully blind, let's don't look at, look at ourselves. It could be there's a lifestyle things that we do which are bad for us. Could be in marriage something we do that's bad for us. It could be it's a parent. It could be staying up late at night. It could be the iPhone, right? I guarantee you, there are people in this room. I'm not going to go far who don't need their iPhone, and it's bad for them. I'm not saying necessarily it's terrible, but it's bad for them. They waste time. It's bad for them, and you don't want to give it up because whatever reason. Whatever it is, you know, my point, you know, I don't get the specific cases. It's hard if you're, if you're blinded by something. So Yermia is looking at him and says, my lemon, my nehem, my, my sehem. They blind their eyes from their deeds. Like, there's no consequences to them. Don't you realize if you're in a job and you're not doing your job, you get fired? Or you don't get a promotion? Or, you, or, or the boss chastises you? Or you lose your job? Right? Hey, don't you realize the same things in life? You live life. Don't you realize that if God says there's a Torah and you have a base of Migdash and you don't keep mitzvahs, what's going to happen to you? Yermiah always says, and they won't hear it. They were, they were blinded. To see what's going what's to be with them. Are there things that she'd be doing or not doing? By the way, I said this recently. I've never, ever, I'm not saying you should do this tonight. Have someone come to me and say, Rabbi Levine, my marriage is good, I want it to be better. I've never had that, Shiloh. I've said, it, I've said this over, until no one's come to me. I, I never had someone, you know, when does a person, when they're in the dumps, or when it's difficult, or they're stressed about something, but really, if we're looking at ourselves, our, we should always be analyzing our marriage. We should always be analyzing our parenting. We shouldn't have an ideology and buy into it. What if you mess up? Right? Hey, well, you know, I, I, I used to have, hold something about hitting kids. I've since changed largely about that. I still have, I don't say, oh, eight years ago, I held this way, and today I hold this way, right? You know, at the end of the day, you, know, you got to look over things. And sometimes it's not objective, it's subjective. Some things, you know, people, I go to the mikvah. Some people ask sugar to the mikvah. Man, I say, different strokes for different folks. For me, it's helpful. So if I tell them, go to the mikvah, yeah, that doesn't mean it works. Right? It doesn't mean it works too. It's not a mitzvah. It's a spiritual reality. So some things work for certain people. Some things don't work. But you know what? If I take a boy who, who could thrive in one area, you put him in another area, you're know, not successful. You know, if, you, if someone's going to be a, a good lawyer, it doesn't mean they'll be a good doctor and vice versa. Right? So you got to know what's good for you. I don't know how it applies. At the end of the day, we all have to keep 613 minutes. We all have to be happy. We all have to be successful. But getting to that path is not tough. It's, not, it's, also not one, it's also not one path of success. Even in the Torah. Okay, you got to keep Shabbos and kosher. And you gotta, that's going to end up there. But there's different ways to get there. right? And, it's, and part of it's knowing yourself. Knowing what works. Knowing what motivates you. Knowing what excites you. And knowing what brings you down. Knowing what makes you sad. Knowing what makes you angry, knowing knowing what what things, you know, just I don't make you sad or angry, or just 
a waste of time. You know, most of us today waste so much time on things that are so unnecessary. <laughs> it's like a waste, I'm not talking about uh, social events, which are positive people. I'm not talking even about knowing the news. I'm saying waste of time, you know, which, which brings us down to our productivity and then we have less time for important things. Viyamar Aleyim, Yirmiyah says this is the generation of destruction of the temple. And imagine they're watching the temple on the way to destruction. It can save the ship. <laughs> no one wants to listen. Viyamar and Yirmiyah says, No person feels bad about the evil. Right, we should change. Just change course. Let's fix the situation. Let's do better. You know, I, I, have, I have empathy and sympathy for a smoker, but I think they're dumb and idiots. You know you're going to destroy... I'm in the hospitals. I, I visit sick people who have emphysema and lung cancer. And you know what? Today they even have pictures. You can learn a cigarette box. What are you, out of your mind? Are you crazy? You think when you're 30 years old, you don't, but when you're 70 or 65, you're going to be suffering terribly because you smoked. 90-something percent of you have some kind of ailment. Heart disease, lung disease, lung cancer, emphysema, lip cancer. I mean, you name the things. Like, what are you, out of your mind? So, you, you know, a person drives like a maniac. But one day you're going to get into an accident and you can die. Or you can kill somebody. Or you'll get tickets and you'll lose your license. You know? Don't do things. Now you're running high. Like, things are going great. You're not thinking that people do illicit deeds in business. And nobody knows, nobody, and then they're behind bars. You know? You gotta think about what happens. There are people who ruin their marriages. They don't appreciate some things. You know, I was just, when I was in Los Angeles, last Sunday, Monday, so on, the, on, on Monday, they had a, uh, actually a psychologist, talking about the effect of divorce. On, on divorce and how how traumatic divorce is. She had a film. It was, it was like I dealt with. I mean, I mean, you when you, you hear these ladies and men talking of how what it did to them, what it did to their families and the fights and the realities. Like, it, not always, but often there are things that could have been done <laughs> to prevent a lot of this stuff. And even if you get divorced, there's ways to do it. There's ways not to do it. That was really the point of that film. Is that if you, the, the, the whole film, this film was unbelievable. This is an unbelievable film. The point of the film was if when you marry somebody and you have a kid, you're married for life. Even if you get divorced, you will always share that kid. And if you fight, you will ruin yourself and you'll ruin the kid. You can never totally separate the minute you have a kid. It doesn't happen. And either you deal with it correctly or you will damage yourself and damage your kid. Period. Right? If you deal with it correctly, you will damage yourself. I mean... And then people who, do, they don't hear it. And actually, some of these people were interviewed were divorced people who said that when they were yet divorced, they, were, they lost complete control. And they fought. And like they look back now, 5, 10, 20 years later, and they had kids who were being interviewed. And their kids were talking about what it meant to grow up in those kind of houses. And the anger these kids had. Or they, you know, love. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, one guy said a story that he was involved with where the parents, it was a difficult kid, and the parents fought not to have this kid. And the kid committed suicide. I mean, but you think about it. These parents, do they ever want their kid to commit suicide? Right? But what are you doing? 
You're not thinking. You're, you, and they, all of them said the same thing. These were no, they were good people and they got lost in the moment. Right? So they could have very possibly prevented the divorce and even if they couldn't have, they could have dealt with it much better. <laughs> and the only point of this movie was to, to encourage people to deal with it. It's a documentary they had shown in New York was to, dealt, to deal with these things better. It says, you, you, you just go, not listening, and the ship is sinking. Just like a horse going along its path, just strutting ahead without, without, you know, you're going to a danger zone. You just keep going. Going no turns back. This is the path you've chosen. Even if it's a path of falsehood, sheker, or it's not the path for you. It's a crack path for some people, but not for you. There are people who take jobs. There are ladies. I went to law school. Women are going to be lawyers. going to work 60 hours a week. 70 hours a week. They're never going to get married. And they want to get married. What are you thinking? <laughs> you want to have kids? You can't have kids like doing that. You know? But they don't, they're, they're on that path. They want to be partner in a law firm. Whatever comes, they're going to do that even though it's destructive for them. And then they wake up at 38 years old, they can't have kids. You know, I said this story, I taught for Isha Torah when I was in law school in Philadelphia. It's an unbelievable thing. There were women that would, you know, actually, in Philadelphia, there's a lot of conservative Jews who became Orthodox, a lot. And Isha Torah had a, uh, uh, so I would teach there, and these women would come, they'd be living in downtown Philadelphia, working for Comcast, working for you know, it's not venture capital in the East Coast, it's hedge funds, or there are lawyers, or their accountants are very successful, and they would live the life there, you know, in, the, in, in, in downtown Philadelphia, having their frappuccinos, you know, and hanging out, pubbing Friday nights, and they would start to come into religion, in the late 30s, early 40s, all of a sudden, it was like so, it was so unbelievable, they would come for Shabbos, and they would like, see families, right, See a husband and wife in a core family, and you start to become observant, and they would rush to get married. And, they, and, they, and they, the biological clock for them is like, they're too late, or they're at the end of the line. What happened? They were, they were sold on this path. That the only way you can be successful is to be a professional. That's what they were told in Barnard. <laughs> so they were told in Michigan. University of Michigan. That's what they're told in high school by their female teacher who, her, whose rebbe was Betty Friedan. You know, that the way you're going to become... Does anyone know who Betty Friedan is? Does anyone? anyone? Well, she was, a, she was a feminist in the 60s who was very instrumental. I don't, I don't tell me these things. <laughs> that's not what I have to know. That's too, too much info. Too much info. I'm sure she did much worse than that. But like, they, they follow these people like... Yeah, you know, I look at when I look at communist Russia, how many people gave up their lives for communism? I remember uh, Sternin told me that his wife's that his wife's parents were early communists, communists, and his wife's mother, this is unbelievable, was in a class. His so this is his wife's mother as a little girl was in a class in the 1920s or 30s, 1930s in Russia, and they were powerful communists kids in that class. They were six, seven, eight years old. And there was a purge that year. And she said half of her class lost their parents. They never came back. Stalin took them. And these were, these were the cream of the cop communists. 
Right? These were the, the elite and communists. But Stalin got nervous. <laughs> what happened when Stalin got nervous was stolen? What happened to those communists? Missing in action. What? Prisons, death. Right? So, um, but here's the thing. These people, before the, they were bought into communism. They gave up their, they literally gave up their lives for communism. Right? But they gave up their emotional lives. They bought into Marx. They bought into Trotsky. They bought into communism. What? They were blinded by communism, a fake movement. Right? They were bought into, a, there were people who gave up Yiddishkeit. They're threshing their bourgeoisner wealth. You know what this means? Not a word. Yiddish. <laughs> that was not Yiddish, was it? Yeah. They're threshing their bourgeoisner wealth. Right, your accent is not the way I heard it. Ich weiß nicht, das Yiddish. But the bottom line is there are people, there are people who give up Hashem for communism. So that's a loss. Brainwashed. But there are people, they, they were caught up in the moment. And we all know today, look at communism. There are people, Rahman al-Islam, who were early Zionists, who were in the kibbutznik, who gave up their children. Sick! They went in these kibbutzim, they had communal things, their children were raised by parents. And they bought into this socialist system. Sick! Destroyed generations. But they were friends who were doing it. I know it is, yeah. She was raised like this. Her mom was in the kibbutz. She was not raised by her mom. The women of the kibbutz were raising the kids, feeding them. Better than Terrible. 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 You're not there. You can see it. We can look at it. It's like me when I look at a person on drugs. I'm thinking, like, what are you out of your mind? That you're dam- damaging yourself. <laughs> you, bet, you bet. And even if they, even if they don't even if they they think they're getting along, even if they're they're, they're single. They're frying their brains, right? They're frying their brains. They're, they're making it, and they're, they're addicted. But you know what? When you're caught up in it, when you're on the kibbutz and all your friends are doing it, or you're living in Tel Aviv and nobody's keeping Shabbat, and it's okay. She was breastfeeding, and, and, and that's crazy because the milk of your mother is made for you. It's, it's custom made. It's one of God's miracles. That, that mother's milk has the allergens for the kids. It's made for this kid. It's great things to Yeah, absolutely. That child. that child, it's custom made. The person has their hair go. They're running on their, what they're used to, their habits, their lifestyle, the way they always thought they're going to do. I always imagine this way. You know, I always envision myself. Sometimes it's dreams. Like, this is what I thought. And you just follow a dream. And even that dream may not be best for you. Hergil, the drachim, drachim is paths. I am this. I am this. You, you pick the path. What if that path is, that communist path is not okay. That keyboard's path is not okay. That path of being a yuppie, uh, you know, and, and not having a shaman, it ain't Okay. It's not okay. Well, you pick a path and you just run on that path. You never think about it. You're in Philadelphia and you're working for Comcast. You're in this hedge fund and you're, you're dating a different guy every week. And the guy's a professional. He's a, he's a partner in this law firm. Do you know who he is? He went to Penn. He went here. He's this. He's that. And you have this path. And meanwhile, you're never getting married. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're never getting kids. And you're really not even happy. You have no real friends. You're, you, know, so, you know, it's existentially unsatisfying. And you date guys who will never marry you. And if they do marry you, they won't have kids. 
Because <laughs> right? they're also on this path, and they're all living in this bubble of stupidity. And, and, and on, on another level, like the path that we take, that you know, I, I, I want, I said a story. A guy once told me, I don't, I only bench on Shabbos. What in the world does that mean? You only bench. I mean, you tell me. Listen, I'm not. I, I would like to be more observant. I'm not there today. That's okay. I can hear that. You know, listen, we all. Life is about step by step. That's okay. It, the, the way to get ahead religiously is step by step. We don't skip steps. So maybe a year or two years or three years you'll bench every day, or maybe two week, two weeks. You can even do it. It'd be easy for you. But you tell you, you don't bench only on Shabbos. How about you only eat on Shabbos? <laughs> How's that sound? You know. I, you, we, this is all I again. I'm not, if a person tells me they're not there yet, they're, they're working on it. I, I, I can hear that. I, I can. I, and I, I think it's a mensch. You know, I work on things also. I'm working on certain things. <coughs> I still haven't conquered never getting angry. One day, I get angry. I don't get too angry. But yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever has things they have to work on. You know, of course, that's okay to work on it. I want to dive with Kavana more. I work on dive with Kavana. I think I dive sometimes with Kavana, and other times I don't. I, so I work on it. All right. I, don't do I don't do this ever. <laughs> this? I never dive with Kavana. <laughs> I dive with Kavana once a year. Uh, you know, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Like, you do this. That's, the person, um, by the way, there are, are, are Orthodox Jews who live that way. They, they've picked their Orthodoxy, and, you know, that's it. You know, I don't cover my hair. I don't wear skirts. What in the world does that mean? What does that mean? That I don't cover my hair and I don't wear skirts. I'm not telling you. It's yeah, no. guilty conscience over here. Every, everything that you will say, we're going to start to apply it to our life. Yeah. Right. So there's a so difference. Oh, that's good. So there's a difference of saying that's not who you are today and you would like to get to what Hashem ideally wants to If you don't believe that's true, that's a different conversation. Someone tells me, I don't believe God wants me to bench, or God doesn't want me to cover my hair. It's a different conversation. But let's say we know that that's a truth, right? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I raised my kids once a week. What does that mean? Like, what are you telling me? But what it means is like this. A person has decided their religious level for the rest of life. I know people <laughs> that decide their religious level at age 20. And that's it. Like that, that's who I am. <laughs> that, that is me. Or they define themselves. This is the best in Israel. I'm dati lu'umi light. That's it. I'm, I'm musorti. You know, that's not Torah. You know, somebody once told me, and this does not speak for uh, all modern Orthodox, plenty of modern Orthodox people are very careful with Allah. I'm modern Orthodox, so I mix swim. And I, you know, I said, that's not Orthodox. And in fact, that's not even the Torah. Like, that, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, the Torah says, you look to be better and you keep halacha. That's not even halacha. You know? That's not halacha. That's, I don't know what the guy was talking about. But that's not even halacha. But even if a person tells me they're Hasidic and they don't work on their davening, they don't work on their, on their, on their Torah, then it's not worth it. Torah is about being better. You know, today, orthodoxy, like, you, you look at it, I have a check. You know, like in Israel, I have a check. You know, which camp I'm in. And that's it. So you keep, I keep Shabbat. I'm Anishomer Shabbat. Great. That's great. That's, that's very good. Fantastic. Now what? <laughs> but sometimes people like they become Shomer Shabbat and they, that's it. Like I'm done. I made it. I'm here. Right? No, you haven't. You're just, that's the starting point. That's, 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 that's the beginning. Life is about being better. And it's constantly looking helpfully, you know, how I could do better, how I could do more better. To have a derech, to have a path, 
You know, the worst thing in Israel and in America is classifications. I'm Chiloni. So you pick a path, and that's your path. What about I'm Like it's, it's classification. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. It's easier to have, uh, you know, a check. Because then somebody asks you, hey, where are you? I do this, I do that, I do this. It's, it, it, listen, one word. If you, if you have the right check, it's good for you. <laughs> it, but even that right check, if you have a check, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, on a, I'm a kibbutznik, and I give my kids ways by the thing, that's a bad check. Okay? If you have a check, Shoma Shabbat, that's a good check. But even that check, if that's what defines you, and you don't do more than that, and you think you made it, it's a bad check. You know, I want, I, 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 I I once, uh, I remember, I don't mean to, I, I, I have, uh, I don't agree on everything, but I have the highest regard for people who are Hasidic, I mean real Hasidic. Uh, I, I, my great-grandparents were all Hasidic, for, that, for the record, and I have plenty of relatives who are. Um, I, I look at make, you know, nisht, I'm not, not nisht, this way or that way, you can have good or bad. But, you know, I know plenty of Babur Hasidim, I know, I, I know the rabbis, I've been with them, I, I <laughs> I know that world very well, very well. Uh, so I remember I was once in Lakewood, and a guy was on my road. So Lakewood's probably eighty percent yeshivish and twenty percent Hasidic, and a, and a certain Hasid uh, with payas and a lavush and tzitzis out like over his shirt. The guy would sit and schmooze like whatever, and like one day like, I said something like like you know, it was like a real. He wasn't a good person, right? So he, he says, he says to me, he says, you can't say anything to me. You have a trim beard. I think myself, what? like, this is, this is, so you have a trim beard. So this guy is, is not only, uh, is not only uh, uh, an idiot, which he, which he was, but he's a complete blinded. Because in his mind, if he wears, he sits us out and has a beard and payas, he's okay. He's, he was really not okay. He wasn't a mensch. He wasn't serious, right? You know, and, and, he, and, and the problem is that it blinded him to like he's okay. Like it's like by the way, this is like Christianity. Like if you if you believe in Yashka, then everything's okay. Like what in the world does that mean? I mean that's a false religion and a dumb belief. But like here I'm a Hasidic, I can eat potato kugel, and I you know I, I'm good. Like one of those like that's, you know <laughs> what does that mean? Like so you, you could have a check which. Being chassid could be very good for a person, right? It could be very good. By the way, I have friends, some of the chassidic, some, some, some of the chassidic movement is their way to heaven, and for others, I'm not sure. You know, they don't do it as well. You know, but, you know, if, if it works for you, huge and fantastic. It's a legitimate mahalik in life. It's a great thing. You know, for those who, who, who are successful, there are many good erlich who are very chassidic and are very, very successful in their Judaism. But if that's what defines you, that you're outside garments, and you're outside whether you speak a good to Yiddish or Nishtha good to Yiddish, that's stupidity. You know? I think some of them just hide behind the facade and behind the garment. Well, some are stuck behind it also. <laughs> Different conversation. But the point is, so when you talk about checks, there's good checks and there's bad checks. So there's intrinsically good checks. Being Shomer Shalas is a really good check. Being on a keyboard to give your kids is a terrible check. You know, intermarrying is a terrible check. Right? You put yourself... A situation where your Yiddishkeit will be zero to very little or negative, right? It's a terrible check, uh, and your kids will, will be who knows what. But you know what? Even if you have a good check, it can be lost in that check. 
right? It could be like that chassid I just mentioned. Or a person keeps Shabbos and then they coast for the rest of their lives. Or they keep Shabbos and then they can steal because like, I'm Shabbos, I'm religious. I can steal from people. That's not okay. There's a whole Torah. It's 613 mitzvahs. It's not a... I, I, I pick. You have to be a person that has to be cognizant. You can't just run on the path. Uh, this is who I am. I, you know, I won't remember once a Russian told me, I'm Russian! I like a person like screaming at their spouse. I said, you know, I'm Russian! What the world does that mean? Like, you know, I'm Russian! And so, so the person thought, because they're Russian, they can scream at their spouse. And they can kill the spouse. You know, I'm not saying it was the man killing the wife or the wife, wife killing the husband, but uh, the point is, like, what does that mean? You know, I, uh, if someone tells me, I'm Moroccan, I'm allowed to be heated. Moroccan, Marikai. I can be heated. Oh. I can be passionate. Yeah. You know, on this. Right? It's very well known. Uh, uh, <laughs> There's always those jokes with those knives that are coming. Uh-huh. So the point is, yeah, so the point is that, 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 that passion can be good. It can also hurt people and hurt themselves in the, in the process. You can't define yourself by your path. You have to look, is this a good path or is this a bad path? Right? All of us have cultural things, by the way, which are good and bad. There's good things about American, and there's terrible things about There's good things about Israel, and there's terrible things about Israel. Right? There's good things about Russians, and there's bad things about Russians. They all have elements of good and bad. We have to pick the good parts of it and leave the bad parts of it. Um, but in our own life, we, in our own personal lives, we have good things and bad things. And if we don't look at it, and we're not, we're blind to it, we're going to do some pretty dumb things and some pretty harmful things. And as we said, people take, they run, he's particularly about spirituality here, they don't give time to themselves uh, to look over their actions uh, and their deeds. Next week, we'll pick up why people do not. Thank you.